Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Commented Podcast, where we talk about movies, dramas, um, the stars, pets, water. Did you drink water today? Are you wearing sunscreen? I don't know. Hi, I'm Tori. I'm Erin. I'm Mia. And I'm Decoria. And welcome back, ladies. We've It's been, what, six days since we last talked to each other? <laughs> uh so i'm i hope everybody's doing well um quarantine is still quarantining very much so <laughs> um i keep seeing news that we should be wearing double mask now yeah i i saw that too and i've seen a lot of people wear double masks and so i'm I like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i i guess this, that's the new world we're living in uh, somebody posted yesterday on Twitter that said that uh, the History Channel did a piece or somebody did a piece where it says, we're never going back to normal. And I was like, yeah, that, well, that kind of, that seems like the route we're yeah, that was like very obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're ever going to be, I don't think the world is going to continue to do what we did before coronavirus. Like being in a pool with a lot of people seems weird now standing real close to people also seems weird now it's like we were not we were a little too close together in the first place you know what's funny though when i went to china people over there stand closer to each other than we do over here like it's very Mm. noticeable like your personal space is just not a thing Mm -mm. so yeah that's just yeah it's weird because um we did class introductions a week or so ago and one of the girls in our class had just moved to Atlanta. And she's like, yeah, well, Atlanta doesn't seem like, you know, they're in the middle of a quarantine because something's always happening. And I was like, oh, yeah, yep. people don't care. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't care. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that's the reality we live again. But I hope that if you're listening to this podcast, that you're being safe, that you're wearing your mask. Because, um, I mean, I don't think we're going to be in a time where we're not wearing masks like ever <laughs> so yeah we have to get used to it yeah because yep, yep. even even i think even when we do get n- like nationwide vaccine rollouts i don't know if covid can just go away like is that how diseases work <laughs> like um, what happens with vaccines is that usually enough people get vaccinated to where like basically the disease doesn't go away necessarily or the virus it's just that people are immune to catching it so like it doesn't spread but the thing is i'm kind of worried like some of the i don't know like i'm trying i'm kind of worried that the vaccine is not going to go to everyone you know what i mean because like a lot of people don't want right. to make it and it's kind of understandable why so like yeah i can't tell what's gonna people happen people said that yeah. it might end up being like the flu you know yeah just like a yeah. yearly vaccine years, or something have... like that yeah i mean it's wow. definitely understandable especially in um people of color communities because we have a distrust in the health system also the vaccine came a little too quick um so i mean but we're also in modern technology so maybe it wasn't quick so i don't know yeah that's the thing too like it came the the, it came quickly but they didn't even try to explain why we went from having to take like 10 years to make a vaccine to like a year like i feel like if they would have sat and like hey our technology is better now that's why we were able to do this so fast people would be like oh okay but they didn't even try to explain that (laughs) yeah 
And now we have two vaccines with the third one coming out. Yeah, and, and I saw the just... Johnson and Johnson one was like only eighty percent effective, oh. and I was like, um, oh, yeah. nah. And Isn't Johnson Johnson like, didn't they just get shot? sued for? Yeah, they just yeah, got sued for, for a lot powder? of shit. Yeah, like they were like the ta- someone did a lawsuit about the talcum powder and the baby powder and how it's mm-hmm. like cancerous, and there was like <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people in the lawsuit, and oh I was my like, God. "You're gonna give people vaccines? <laughs> <laughs> you out of all?" <laughs> But yeah, like, anybody and then, uh, one shot. Go on. Oh, go oh. ahead. <laughs> anybody listening, I, I, got it, and I also got the vaccine. The only oh, symptom yeah. I had was arm soreness so far. Yeah, probably the when I get my second dose, we'll probably record again, so I'll update again just so y'all know a black right. person who's gotten the vaccine or something. <laughs> I think I'm getting my second dose this Thursday because that would be exactly a month or no, twenty yeah. days. So. We'll see how that goes. But, like, yeah, you're supposed to get symptoms. Well, it seems like a couple of people, people do get symptoms um, with the second dose. It happened to my dad. Um, but he was perfectly fine the next day. That When my mom told me that he didn't feel well the day before, I looked at her like she was crazy. Because he was just sitting on the couch just chilling. And I talked to my dad today. I was like, I heard that you got sick. He was like, overnight, he was like, yeah, I felt like he had, like, really bad flu symptoms. Yeah. And then he took, mm. he was like, yeah, they say like, don't take over the counter medicine. But he was like, absolutely not. I felt terrible. And he's like, I took an Advil and then I was perfectly fine. But apparently you're not supposed wow. to take over the counter medicine because it might like not make something effective. I don't know. I'm not hundred percent sure, but he was like, yeah, absolutely not. And he's yeah, perfectly I wonder fine if it has something day, to but... do with like, it'll affect you building up immunity. That's interesting. I'm gonna ask my coworker about that. Oh, wow. That's like a really bad loophole. Like yeah. if you're if you're sick and they're like, don't take any medicine. Like, it's like I'm sick and because it doesn't make the vaccine work. It's like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I don't feel good. Like am I supposed to just die? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they. I feel like once we, I feel like it'll take a few months for us to debunk all of the craziness that happened oh, yeah. when COVID first appeared, and then we have to. I feel like we just need a lot more information i feel like even people who trust the healthcare system system to an extent are confused right now yeah because of what's going on online yeah and like even for like how available the vaccine is like sometimes they they on tv they make it seem like you could just go anywhere and get it it's like no you have to have special clearances literally that's not right yeah yeah. Like, all and the politicians are like, just go get the vaccine. It's like, ooh, yeah. you have access. We don't. So I'm going to need you to chill. <laughs> I don't know. I heard, like, Before um, getting it, but you... Go on, No, because I interrupted oh, you okay. last time. You <laughs> no, I said, um, but you literally have to either be a health professional, a caregiver, or a first responder. Yeah. I will be saying a lot of people are, are, are managing to get it with that caregiver kind of thing, which... um. Nia, you and your mom, I mean, like, if you're interested, you might be able to qualify because of your grandmother. But yeah. Oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. But a lot of that's how a lot of people who are not health professionals or um, first responders are able to get it. Or if they're 65 and older, of course. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I can't, I think it was maybe in Canada, some rich person and his girlfriend literally flew. Oh, yes, to, I saw that. Yeah. They flew to a Native what? American like reservation. 
and they lied about being healthcare workers in the area just to get to the vac just to get the vaccine and then took their private jet and flew back to where they're originally from. Yeah. Wow. They were assholes. Also, um, for those of you who do not work in the education system, five teachers passed away um in one county, I think it was in Florida, because they refused to send kids home and do virtual schooling. Wow. So oh I don't gosh. Yeah. I don't understand how, I mean, I, I definitely understand like caregivers and all that stuff, but teachers, I think definitely need to be the next people on the list. If you're trying to get kids back in school. I think that is one of the people next on the list. Yeah. Cause that's just, it's crazy. Cause these counties just don't care. And they're like, well, the parents are saying that they don't want their kids home. It's like, but I'm a teacher. I'm not about to risk my life to come teach these kids when these kids aren't vaccinated and then y'all aren't making, you know, making sure COVID precautions. You know, you can't still, in the middle of a pandemic, you can't still stick 30 kids in one classroom. Exactly. Right. Like, and we I can't go. Oh, oh, go ahead, Nia. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go finish your point. <laughs> oh, no. I was, just, I was just saying, I think we can't, we can't go back to how things were. Because, like, even, like, the swine flu, even all that, they were like, yeah, you can have 40 kids in your classroom. No. 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 <laughs> Literally, no. <laughs> No, it's not like these classrooms are huge. These are small classrooms. Them desks were real close together. So yeah, a lot of my it's kind of disheartening being in the education field right now because you just really see how the government doesn't give two fucks about teachers. And a lot of my colleagues are like, a lot of them who are in public schools are like, yeah, this is gonna be my last year because I can't do it again. I can't do it anymore. These people don't care about these kids, and it's just, it's crazy. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. What were you going to say, Nia? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't remember anymore. No, I think I was going to say that, that y'all were right about the teachers or educators coming next. But then I think that's, like, I wish they would just be, like, vaccines. At, like, you know, in, like, the movies when there's a contagion or whatever, they just start setting up tents everywhere and giving out free vaccines like that's what if yeah. they want things to change fast that's what they got to do they can't be like you have to be five foot five and <laughs> and you have to have brown hair it's like you don't like just just give everyone the vaccine yeah. the thing is hopefully just, they like there's I, already a shortage oh there is yeah, yeah. that's what i was gonna say like i understand why they did the role like that because we don't have enough for everybody but hopefully since biden bought more of the vaccine they can start doing with what Nia said and just like have like, hey, come get the vaccine like at this table or something because that's what they need to do. And that way, like for people, for people who literally cannot get the vaccine because of religious reasons or like their health, like they need to make it a priority to make sure everybody else who can gets vaccinated. And it's just like, they're just giving it to certain people. <laughs> and like, if you're rich, you can get right. it. Right. It's not fair. It's none of this, none of this is fair at all, but we'll see. Yeah. Worldwide healthcare is very anti-capitalist, so that is not going to happen. Speaking of capitalism, watching Wall Street kind of fall on his head has been funny. <laughs> <laughs> With oh, y'all, yeah, that's, that was ridiculous. That, as someone who doesn't understand stocks at all, like, my dad's into it, but I've never, I don't know anything, like, what it means. I've just been like, so why are we buying GameStop? Why I'm is GameStop well. doing well? <laughs> Right. From what I understand from all the TikToks that I've watched is that rich people were betting to see um, which stocks were going to fall the lowest. So they borrowed stock from GameStop 
sold it at a higher price. And now that the stock went up, they have to buy it back at a higher price, which is making them lose money. Yeah, because that's what they do. Like these brokerage firms, they literally borrow stock from somebody else, sell it. Like, let's say a stock is like $45. So they borrow that stock, they sell it for $45, and they wait till the stock drops to like... Wait, am I thinking about it the opposite way? It's so complicated. Basically, they are. buy the yeah. stock at <laughs> a low price, right? And then uh-huh. the... It's so hard to explain. I literally understand right. it, but I can't remember. I just know that they borrow the stock. Something about them selling it for some kind of price allows them to profit mm-hmm. cash in their pocket. So I think yeah. they buy low... They borrow at a low price and then they sell it when it gets to that sell high price. Sell at a high price. Yeah. And then yeah. they profit the difference and give the stock back to whoever they borrowed it from. And like, yes. Because GameStop didn't drop and it went up to $420, um, they lost billions, <laughs> they have to, billions of dollars. They lost billions of dollars. Billions. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Wow. But it's crazy because I like see the Reddit post of people like, I just got to pay off all of my student loan debt from buying GameStop stock. And I'm like, yeah. wow. That's amazing. Because <laughs> a lot of the news is like, too. these people are horrendous and they're just doing it because they want to be like anti-capitalist. It's like, no, a lot of these people are doing it because they have healthcare bills to pay. Yeah. Like, are people being stubborn now? Now that like Robinhood and a bunch of these apps are protecting the hedge funds? Yes. Like that's one of the reasons a lot of people aren't selling. It's like, oh, y'all are really choosing a side. Okay, then we're just going to not sell whatsoever. <laughs> and the thing is, they're literally yeah, just doing what the hedge firms were already doing. The hedge funds right. were already doing. But, like, because it's normal people and not billionaires, that's what upsets them. And that's, isn't it? I read that they're trying to pass some sort of law because the rich people are pissed off. They're right. like, yeah, make it illegal for normal people to do this. It's like, you're just going to make it worse. Exactly. <laughs> like, don't and let like, LLC Twitter find out. We'll buy an LLC and then buy stocks. <laughs> right. And I find it so fascinating that Reddit started this because Reddit's like, Reddit's all over the place. So it's like, yeah, it's oh, Reddit's doing like some international stock stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so funny because I knew about this Wall Street Bet subreddit for months because what I do as far as stocks, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know shit. So I'd be going on Reddit and just stalking their pages being like, oh, what are they buying? Let's see. Like, or what are they mm-hmm. talking about on there? And they've been talking about GameStop for months. And I just was like, why would I buy GameStop? That company's going to hell. Like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> they i should have listened it's okay though because i didn't have that much money anyway to spend on stock so it doesn't matter right (laughs) right like stock stock marketing sounds insane and it sounds like you can make a lot of money but you're also like you can lose a lot of money you can lose a lot i don't know if i'm that brave i don't know if i'm that brave of a soul to do that and then um, my favorite thing oh go ahead no continue your point because i feel like i have something to do with what i was to say Oh, no, I was just going to say my other favorite part about this are all the TikToks of, of them be like, Robin Hood blocked all Americans from buying stocks, and it says Canadian stock bars. And I'm just like, <laughs> yes, all the poor people across North America are coming together. <laughs> and then also, it's like, you know, I think they're kind of pushing this narrative that it's like the little guy, the poor people buying these stocks. But to be honest, mm-hmm. these people are not poor. I've gone I've gone on these Reddit pages and I'm seeing posts of oh I just put five thousand dollars casually into GameStop this morning. You're not poor. These are not little guys. <laughs> these are people who do have money, they're just not billionaires. Like if you have five thousand yeah. dollars to just throw at stock, you're not poor. 
Oh yeah, you're not you're not poor. Yeah, and but I think it's like isn't the Wall Street like all the one percent? Like it's like top top. Yeah. So anybody under that they consider poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True. It's so wild, like to see how they pick GameStop of all companies too, because it's like Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> like But yeah. I mean, have has this made y'all want to get into stocks or no? I was already like doing stock stuff. I think I just would like invest more aggressively now and take a little bit more risk because like, it's not like I don't have any money to throw in the stock market, but I was just buying like one share here, one share there. Like you can't do stuff like that. You need to buy more in order to make money. But also to right. like for this is like a PSA for people who are going to like start getting into stocks. Um, Be careful about selling them because you have to pay taxes on that shit. So that's the only reason oh, wow. why yeah. I haven't gotten into it is because I'm like, right. I need to learn about the taxes portion of it. Yeah, they are. That's why they always warn people who like, I just made enough to pay off my college debt. Yeah, like, make like, sure you're saving enough to pay exactly, your taxes. Exactly. Because a lot of people have made like $70,000 and went and they're going to go and spend that. But like, you have to pay taxes on that, especially if you sold the stock. Even if you sold this, the GameStop stock, made $70,000 and reinvested it into like another company like Tesla, you still have to pay taxes for the money you earned after selling. So that's wild. It is wild. I don't feel like people have to pay tax, should have to pay tax on that, but whatever. Mm. I guess that's the only way they could really tax the rich out of besides like their businesses True. so that's kind of probably why they do it yeah but i love i low-key and feel it also like scares off. Of that, though. i feel like they don't pay taxes yeah. i still feel like they don't right yeah there's probably some loophole yeah. that they they figured out right but i think it also they do it to scare the little people from trying to make money yeah like oh you have to pay like a portion of this back to the government but you don't know anything about that because they don't teach you that in school Nope, they don't teach us. Anything. You learn Pythagoras theorem. <laughs> yep, the important things in life. <laughs> the, I still um, know the nucleus is the powerhouse of the cell, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, are we ready to jump in? Yep. Yes. Yes. Yep. All right. So for this podcast, I have dragged. Um, are my lovely three besties into watching a Chinese drama with me. Now, if you've watched, if you listen to this podcast for a while, you know that I love me a good Chinese drama. I'm here for the the 76, 54, 104 episodes. I love it all. But I knew I couldn't get them to watch something that long. <laughs> so I had to be strategic with my choices. And there was this drama that um, a, a lot of my mutuals have watched last year. And I wanted to watch it, but I didn't want to watch it alone because it looked dark. And I was right. <laughs> it was dark. So the series we're going to be talking about is um, from the Light On series from IQIY. Um, it's, I think it's like the second or third one in this installment of um, dramas. These are like really short dramas that kind of deal with like r- real problems, I guess. Um, it's called The Bad Kids. Um, it's a 2020 drama that aired during June. It's 12 minutes, about 15 minutes an episode. Um, it's a story that follows three children from the coast town who unintentionally film a murder scene. As the kids become involved with the suspect, it opens up a case that is far more complicated than it looks, and it traps several families into an unpredictable outcome. Now, I think I showed y'all the trailer for this. 
and I had watched a trailer for this, but I honestly didn't think that this drama was going to go this far <laughs> when I started watching it. Um, do we want to just do a general overall feelings or do we want to just jump into the first episode? Why don't we just jump in? Or like expectations yeah. or like were your expectations low or high when you started watching it? I didn't have any because like I don't watch Chinese okay. dramas, Chinese dramas, so I didn't know what to expect really. Okay, okay. Yeah, same. I've only briefly wa- tried to watch some historical Chinese drama, so I didn't know if it was going to be similar to that, but it was not. <laughs> oh, so like even the way it's no, filmed it is totally too. different. Right, right. Um, me and Marin are the resident crime junkies yeah i don't know if decoria and nia watch crime series or like mystery series like that i watch crime youtube videos by accident <laughs> by accident <laughs> yeah. and then like now i have to go on my youtube page and like click not interested in all like the crime videos <laughs> that's hilarious okay so we go to episode one, right? We are watching this man climb a mountain with two old people who we assume are his parents because he's calling them mom and dad. And he takes a picture of them with this beautiful mountainscape in the background and then proceeds to push them off a clip. This is the first two minutes. Reactions? I was like, Ooh. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what I said. Yes, yeah, same, Marin. Same, Marin. I was like, oh, we're starting out this way. Yeah, right. I couldn't tell what was going to happen after that. I think like in that first episode, when I first saw that, I was like, um, okay. And then something else happened to where I was like, oh, I see what's going to happen here. I can't remember what it was, though. You right. might talk about it in a second. Yeah. The, so we, oh, go ahead. The Marin. show. The show, like, okay, so it does that and it cuts to the intro, right? After he right. pushes them off. Um, That intro, I hated it. Skipped it it's every so- single time. It made me so uncomfortable. Wait, you hated the intro? I hated it so much. It first started and I was like, yeah, I'm not, I sat through it first because I was like, okay, let me see this intro. Then after that, I was like, yeah, no, it makes me very uncomfortable. I don't like these drawings. So I, like, you I love the, little... the intro. Oh, <laughs> I didn't hate I it. it. I didn't. I never skipped it. I didn't hate it, but it was creepy as hell. It was very creepy. Yeah, yeah. It's like you didn't like the little kid-like um, Michelin men uh, shadows walking through darkness. Uh-uh. <laughs> you, uh-uh. you no, I didn't. I not. like. <laughs> I feel like I, I liked it. I was like, this is interesting, <laughs> and then I liked the song too. That little do 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 do. I liked it. <laughs> Nia out, Nia. Like honestly. <laughs> <laughs> all right so i don't have um scene by scene notes for this because my i don't know what was wrong with me but my anxiety was like through the roof so i was watching it two times speed for like the first few episodes because it was just really it was driving me up a wall when you have three children as the main character it there's a certain there's a different type of anxiousness and angst that comes with this because yeah. they're children and I'm a, yeah. I need everybody to, to listen to this to realize that the three main characters are children. So then we get introduced to our main characters. We get to like we go into the classroom, we just see Chaoyang. Um, baby boy is number one in his class. Um, his mom is very um, uh, she's a little helicopter momish with his schoolwork. And you know, his teachers are really worried. He, you know, somebody tries to cheat in class and he's not with it. My baby boy's like, I don't cheat. We don't support the cheating system. Excuse me. I should have did your homework. But, you know, he's obviously, like, not the most loved um, kid in class. 
but so we get to see him and then we get to uh see you know he's from a divorce home and we get to see our other two main characters which is um poo poo and uh our former best friend why can't i remember his name he uh is it's like jin young all from say so we have yeah <laughs> so we have chao young poo poo and um like Yanling. So uh, Yanling and Pupu are in the back of some delivery truck running away from somebody. Um, we come to find out that there are two orphanage kids who have run away from the orphanage and they're going back to Yanlong's mm-hmm. hometown um, to find out where his dad is. His dad like got arrested. He doesn't know where he is. Um, so you have these dichotomy of these two different kids, these three kids in two different situations. Two of the kids, um, Pupu's parents have um, died. So she was in the orphanage. Uh, Yangling looked like his mother had died early and his father got arrested so he was sent to the orphanage and then you have Chao Yang who has um, loving parents but is in the middle of a divorced parent um, divorced relationship so it's really um, a complicated dichotomy uh, Chao Yang is um, basically <clears throat> left on his own his mom works at um, a nature reserve or like a mountain well, I don't know some kind of natural park yeah. some kind of park and so she's not at home. And so Chao Young has to fend for himself. He, you know, um, wakes up, eats breakfast by himself, goes to school by himself, does all his homework, comes home. That's his. And so all of a sudden, middle of the day, um, his old best friend comes to the door to ask, can they stay the night? This scene where they were asking, could they stay the night after eating or um, and felt way too adult for me. I was like my heart is going to break looking at these little kids uh-huh. being like oh it's okay if we can't stay the night we'll just go somewhere else and i'm just like oh my god <laughs> like there are definitely moments in this drama where everything feels too adult yeah. for children to be involved and I, I feel like that was yeah. kind of the point of the show i think too though like like for kids who kind of I don't know how to describe it it's not kids who grew up too fast but like kids who mm-hmm. were in dysfunctional families where like the parents would go to them to re- to vent mm-hmm. instead of other adults i feel like oh, they yeah. can, like kind of understand like that the kid's mindset especially chao young like looking at a lot of the stuff his parents were like saying to him or stuff he was going through i was like dang i get how that feels bro bro we will listen i am for those of you who don't know i am an early childhood education major i ate this this plot up i'm gonna use it for my homework for the next two weeks <laughs> because because like looking at childhood and development in this story like like okay so they oh well let's just get through this first episode and then i'll get into all my theories in a second so we see that and then we um is this the episode where the stepmother i think where they either where they go to the mall yes where they go to the mall is that episode one or two it might be two yeah it might be two yeah but the stepmother we already got vibes that she ain't shit um and then we get to see the point of view of this man who we saw push off the parents at the beginning of the story right and i thought it was really interesting because usually you don't get to see the point of view or the life of a murderer in a crime story until like way later in the story but like he's going up throughout his day he's a teacher he's a math teacher and so i didn't realize at this point but when the old people found were showed up um in the flashback and not at the beginning i didn't realize those weren't his parents until 
they were going to the mountain i was like wait those aren't his parents those are his parents in law yeah. holy shit like the story like elevated itself when you realize that the people that he pushed off this mountain were not his own flesh and blood they're the parents of his wife i was like oh shit well that's um, <laughs> why so like what because they showed us that first clip those first two minutes where he pushed them off and like watching everything fall into place and then the kids also going into the mountain i was like oh fuck oh fuck they're gonna catch us on tape they're gonna something's gonna happen yeah <laughs> like that, watching everything that, that is literally what i was talking about earlier as soon as i saw the kid i think as soon as she brought the camera out when they were on the um mountain i was like mm-hmm. oh i know exactly what's gonna happen now right the panic of just like watching everything fall into place you're like oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> like the, the those moments come very often in this drama where you're like holy, holy shit what's happening oh my god what mm-hmm. the fuck so then so it ends with the kids singing this um chinese uh children's song called the the little white boat and they sing the song and then the next episode I think it's the witness statement that comes first or it's, it's either the witness statement or comes first or the kids are looking at the camera and they realize that they saw a murder scene in the background. So what happens is that they're filming themselves singing this song because Poopoo wants to record it for her parents. Um, and she, as they're re-watching the tape in the mountain top behind them, they see somebody push two people off a cliff. And I think it already had hit the news now that two old people that fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. My only thing now. was, mm-hmm. go ahead. You could not tell that was him, like that grainy. It was blurry. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> like, not at all. And then I was like, <laughs> um, okay, but how many people fell off a cl- cliff that week? And I was like, it would most right. likely still implicate him. But I was like, I could really stare at that shit and say it's not me because you could not see my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then like right. when yeah. you zoomed in on the footage and you could like clearly see what was going on i was like that is so fake <laughs> there is no way that <laughs> right also quick question this is just me overthinking but what time period is this set in is it like oh, 2003 no. yeah it's like the early 2000s i don't think it's like yeah modern day I yeah, think it's definitely yeah, because like cameras back then cameras back then were not this good <laughs> where you could zoom in and see details no way right it was still like a blurry mess but then what really like chilled me to the bone was this man's witness statement he was like i didn't want them to go up the mountain he his lie was that they went up the mountain his father what had a uh an aneurysm or something or like he got dizzy and so the mom tried to help the dad and they both fell off the cliff was that not was that it i think i think so that was the lie and he was just like i didn't want them to go up and he was pretending to be sad and i was like this motherfucker (laughs) I was just like, this is y'all are really. I was screaming. So then we find out the real reason that um, Yanling and Poo ran away from the orphanage is because her little brother needs a surgery and she's hoping that she could be a match for him because he already got adopted. And so they're trying to get to him. Now, mm-hmm. I was so happy that this was the reason because I was so afraid that it was going to be abuse, was the reason oh, that they yeah. ran away. And I was like, I don't need another layer of tra- traumatics on top of whatever's already happening in this goddamn story. 
So, but one can I say one thing for you, Yvonne, oh, about oh, the the brother thing? Okay, so you like the way I interpret it was just that she's trying to get money to help him. I didn't think she was trying to be a match for him. Was she trying to be a match for I him? Think well, at first what, she both was trying to get money because I know like they didn't talk about the match thing till the very last episode. Yeah, yeah. Which is why for most of the and this not me being nitpicky, I'm gonna be <laughs> nitpicky. But what pissed me off a little bit was I was like what person you don't know would you risk your life like to okay i'm just saying like put yourself in yalang's shoes Mm -hmm. like there's a little girl who's like five who's like my brother's sick i need help i need thirty thousand dollars or whatever are you leaving i'd be like um i'm sorry sis i think the (laughs) reason his parents will figure it out maybe in the orphanage or wherever they're at they became so close that they were like siblings at that point because i feel like Mm -hmm. children who are in those kind of situations bond with each other very fast yes oh that's true yeah and and they didn't really tell us that young one had been in the orphanage since he was a little kid like we didn't realize that he Mm -hmm. had been in the orphanage system since he was like five or six until towards the end of the story I think we all kind of interpret it as him being like much older and then in the orphanage system and now he wants to see his dad and he's just taking Kuku along with him because he cares for her. But like he had been in the system since he was real small. And I guess gotcha. Pupu probably had also been in the system since she was young as well. And so I'm guessing that when he saw her, he saw himself and that's why he wanted to help her. <clears throat> yeah they didn't do a lot okay. of good as great as the story is i would have appreciated just a little bit more backstory <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> yeah just a teeny bit and so as we're moving on now the wig from the murderer mm-hmm. his name is teacher Zhang. girl i screamed yeah that <laughs> I, was, I had to pause for a second i was like Whoa. <laughs> So, also, like, if you're not into true crime, a lot of times in true crime, they describe people who um, are, yeah, I, he's a serial killer. I'm going to call him a serial killer now, because <laughs> he's definitely a serial killer by the end of the story. Um, definitely call people who, um, usually people who, men who end up killing people who are weaker than them have deficits, or they have disabilities, and so losing hair is one of them like they're bald or they're they're they have um, a limp or they're short and they take out their anger and frustration on other people and so when i saw the wig i was like i i love how that him thinning his hair and wearing a wig spoke volumes for his character more than like him speaking for his character you know what i'm saying like it gave like a lot of reason of why he did the things he did like he's hiding a lot of stuff and he wants to keep this hidden life like he wants to keep the life that he has outside like the mask that he wears perfect you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so mm-hmm. i thought that was really interesting it really had me dying <clears throat> when the children decided that they were going to warn this murderer <laughs> that they have evidence on him I was ready to throw the my whole computer across the room. I, oh my god. I was so annoyed. I was like, this is why I don't watch shows where children are the main point. Like, the main character of the whole thing. <laughs> right. Oh my god. Like, yeah, they think it was like, so this is not it. Right. And it's like, a part of me is like, I think this is the part of the, the dichotomy, the big, like, dichotomy of the drama. It's like, these three kids, and I feel like they did this for a reason, and we'll talk about that later episodes. But these three kids, like, yes, we're going to go warn him that we have evidence so he doesn't do anything else. And I'm like, 
that is not gonna stop him. So he stupid. killed some people. Are you like y'all are just like this is y'all are blissfully thinking that this is going to stop this man and it's not going to. Um a lot of these problems are two adults. The bookstore scene, the bookstore scene where Poo Poo follows this man outside, I was like, why is she so unafraid? Why does she have no fear of anything? She's like barely three feet tall, barely 70 pounds. And she's like, I want to follow him to confirm that his face. And I'm sitting here like, these are just too adult. Everything is too adult. <laughs> I I was like screaming. I was like, okay, I cannot watch this at regular speed because these kids are going to kill me <laughs> by the end of these series. But yes, that was just... Episode two is real, like, whoo. And then episode three happened. And I think this is where everybody was unprepared. So this is the scene. Um, I think in the episode before this, um, Chao Yang had gone to the mall with his dad and his stepmother and his um, stepsister show up. Stepmother's being a bitch. Um, his little sister steps on his new shoes that his dad <laughs> bought him. They're awful people. His it, she stepped on his brand new Nike Air Force ones, y'all. Like it, it hurt me a little bit, <laughs> y'all. Oh, it hurt me a little. I was like, oh, I would be a little angry. Not gonna lie, I would be a little angry. And then I right, really so this- did not like how the stepmom was shooting him at all. Like, oh, yeah. if you're gonna marry somebody who has kids, I'm not saying that you have to be like cordial with the mom of the other kid, but you could at least be nice to the the son like he didn't do anything to you he's just he's so nice to her he's so polite it's not like he's a rude child so right she's she's not a good person and so then um the next day uh they go to this place called the children's palace and the children's palace i guess is where they have like supplemental classes and like tutoring classes and so chai young goes there to um take math classes uh teacher Zhang who is the murderer is teaching the math class and so Pupu and Yan Ling follow him because they're you know they're gonna go warn him about like we have evidence don't do anything but then Pupu sees um the stepsister she takes her up to the fifth floor oh wait we don't even know this now what happens at the end of episode three is um the body falls yeah the uh, one of a uh, police there's a local policeman that is talking to Yanling who had known his father who knows that he's been arrested and had known Yanling was a child and they're talking in like the courtyard of the school and then all of a sudden a body falls and then it cuts the episode and I'm just like what the fuck just happened yeah when so that the next ended, I thought it was Poopoo who fell yeah. like I thought Same. He jumped Same. off or something like that I thought that she had encountered the murderer and he pushed her off. Yeah. Like, like I, as the only witness. I thought the same thing, but in my head I was like, but at your school? That's gonna kill you. <laughs> I was like, yeah. like, it's just a little but too much. But at the same and time, he did kill two people casually, so. Right. Yeah. He did, and then went back to school the exactly. next day. Like, Oh, yeah. the scenes at the funeral where he's like comforting his wife, I'm like, oh. Oh, oh the- <sighs> The skin crawling is the it's just like this is so creepy. Um, but no, so we come back the next episode, find out that the girl who had fallen is 
Chaeyoung's younger sister and we find out that Hupu had taken her up to the fifth floor told her to stop bullying people and she's like what the fuck are you talking about I don't even know who you are little girl <laughs> and she keeps yelling and screaming and then Chaeyoung goes up because he hears the noise and he's like what the hell is going on and then the bratty little sister is like I'm going to show everybody you're bullying people and so she goes to stand on this very old stool in front of this open window and the stool breaks and she falls out of the window and i was sitting here like how the fuck what the fuck yeah when that happened i kind of was just in shock (laughs) it's like they really killed off a six-year-old in the show no there's a i don't know if i've ever actually seen a a scene of a somebody under the age of 10 dead like bloody like i don't I mean, right. they didn't show her, like, up close, but you could see it from afar, and that was a little shocking. Not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. Chinese crime dramas are nothing to play around with. They don't censor a lot of stuff like they do in K-dramas. <laughs> so, this happens, and then, um, basically, Chaeyoung and Poo go out with the crowd. They tell... Yangling what's happened. Um, I don't think Poopoo tells Yangling that Chao Yang was with her, but she says it was a mistake. I was just trying to tell her not to leave Chao Yang to go alone. And this is happening. And then, the, and so we kind of see the grief system. Like um, Chao Yang's mom brings him to the hospital um, to go see his father and the stepmom, and they're crying, and he's comforting his dad. And they had. What happened in the episode before this one was that Chao Young had left the little warning note with his test paper when he turned it in. <sighs> and he left it like right underneath. So it's oh like, my- oh, yes, here is what I gave you along with my papers. <laughs> like, <laughs> you could have put it somewhere so, else. So when they're trying to figure out what to do next, are they going to tell the police what's going to happen? The murderer shows up in front of Chao Young's house. When I tell you my jaw hit the fucking floor. <laughs> Like, it makes sense because it's not like Chang Young hid the fact that he gave the paper to him. But yeah, at the same time, obvious. I was like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing here? And I feel like a part of the drama's effect on the viewer is that you kind of get sucked into this world of the children. So even the obvious things kind of feel like super dramatic. Like, it's very obvious because Chang Young left the note with his test paper that the murderer, who was a goddamn adult, is going to put two and two together. But because we're, like, seeing this through the children's point of view, we're like, okay, we're safe for now. We're okay. We're cool. But when he showed up in front of his house, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're, you're constantly being pulled back and forth between, like, this world of children and the world of adults. And there's, like, these lines that keep getting blurred, and it's really effective. Now, um, when they start making deals with this murderer, Mm-mm. now, can I just say, oh, this, that, okay, the plot lost me there, because I was like, he could have literally just, said, like, all this could have been solved with a simple go to the cops and have a one long conversation. Everything could have been solved. I kept thinking that, <laughs> and I get, and I was like, maybe from their perspective they didn't want to get caught i'm talking about the um two orphans but at the same time like but i also several people died along the way it's like um but i also think that this drama the reason it's called the bad kids is because how society treats kids without parents which is like very i feel like it's more prominent in chinese or asian culture than it is in the western culture 
which is why the story makes sense. It's like these kids knew, probably knew too much of how the world saw them. So they didn't want to try like they don't they probably didn't believe in the police at this point. Youngling after his father got arrested and like also I feel like also to point that out is that how um, the people that are supposed to be the good guys talk to these children and the murderer talks to these children like yeah, the, the parents, the police. All the people that says we're caring for you, we're gonna take you back to the orphans are constantly yelling at them, they're pulling on them, they're not trusting them, they're constantly like not talking to them like they're intellectual beings. Or telling them, kids oh, are, like, you don't understand, you don't understand, like right. no, they understand. You don't understand, you don't Yeah. And so but this murderer is talking to like talking to them like they're adults in a better life. Yeah, equals, lack, yeah. yeah like they're equals. Like they like you know stuff, I know stuff, we know stuff. You're not you're not dumb. You're not five year olds. Which, and so I feel like that's the reason that the story works, if you look at it that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it does make sense. But, because you're right, they kind of, all the adults, especially the cops that, who interact with the kids, especially the one who talks to Chow Yang a lot, he mm-hmm. treats him like he's like a, really like a toddler almost. Yeah, like, like Yan yeah, the cop that ended up like adopting him later on but the way he talks to him is like you don't know anything i don't want you to turn out like your father you're gonna turn out like your father and it's like you aren't like i don't know why how you're supposed to be comforting this child when you're constantly yelling at him like yelling is not a form of communication oh his mom Chang's mom infuriates me constantly yeah i don't this Ugh, her her rage her bursts of rage and taking it out on her son when she's like mad at other people it's like why are you taking out on that, the person that's closest to you? Yeah, that and then yeah. not allowing her kids to have a life outside of studying. Like when she kept telling him, Oh, yeah. don't worry about um swimming, don't worry about doing these other activities, don't worry about having friends, just study. Like that is so unhealthy. The scene where yeah. they're drinking with the milk scene, I feel like it's in oh episode six. It's just oh, I, we'll get to it. Let's get through four. That was painful. Part. That was really painful. Um I do. My boy Yangling is from the Yangling is from the streets. When they were making deals with the murderer, he would like ask them like probing questions. He's like, "You don't need to know that. We just want money." And I was like, "Baby boy's from the streets. He's street smart. Yo, not about to get nothing out of him." Um, but yeah. And then so then we get to see that the murderer, uh, his wife has a boyfriend and is still gonna leave him, even though he killed her parents. Um. And I was just sitting here like when I saw when we got to that scene where they were in the garage or whatever, and he sees his wife come home with another man. I was like, oh, she finna die. <laughs> she finna. Di- yeah, <laughs> Tori, I said the same thing. I said she's dying within the next thirty minutes. Right. She's not about but, to live. But also, like, I think for her, I was like, you're not, sis. You're not thinking straight. Your parent, both parents, just died, and you're not questioning your husband that like and you're totally thinking that your husband is just gonna leave you alone like i don't I was like is she not thinking i feel like that part of the story also showed us how good this man is hiding his emotions like hiding who he actually is like she didn't think he would kill her parents like he's weird to us because we saw him murder she didn't see right. him murder <laughs> he's still the man who uh she married like what 10 years ago he's still that man or you know she, he's like the man that she's fallen out of love with he's not a murderer in her eyes so right 
I guess that's part of like that whole like he's really good at hiding his emotions or who he actually is. I sh- I don't even think she knows he wore a wig, which says a lot about <laughs> their relationship. I, I don't think she knew. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that. I did. I here's a, one of those scenes where they give us a juxtaposition of them just being kids when they're um at the store. I think they were at the store and they were trying to get Chaeyoung a pin for his birthday. And so they moved the boxes because Youngling was going to steal it, but the store owner caught him. And um, he they end up moving the boxes for her in, in, um, in, as a form of payment. And yeah. there's this just moment where it's like happy background music and they're just sitting there drinking soda on the sidewalk being kids. And I was like, wow, this is what this is supposed to be. That's what they're supposed to be doing. But of course not. Um, they make another deal with the murderer and Poo Poo... <laughs> The murderer says something like, "You guys should be in school. School's important." And Poo Poo says, "Um, do you go to school to kill people?" I was oh like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> I was like, "He's gonna kill them. He's gonna kill them." I was so scared that Poo Poo was gonna trigger this man into like a killing spree. She's so unafraid of him. <laughs> She's so unafraid. Uh, but um, that happens, and then we move on to episode five, and this is where the stepmom, with no evidence, like none sees the she goes on a rampage yeah she sees the cctv footage from the children's palace realizes that cha young is there and immediately thinks that he killed her daughter now was cha young there did was he on the fifth floor yes but none of the adults know that and she has no fucking evidence and she goes off her fucking rocker like i don't i know parents who lose children have a hard time dealing with it but sis you have like no evidence like none yeah and she goes to his house she chases after him she she you know basically he gets bloodied and beaten up when his mama came down there she mama was ready to fight (laughs) she goes off her she terrorized them right yeah like she was putting up signs saying that they're a murderer like I under like like Tori was saying like I understand like people who lose kids go through a lot but when she put her hands on him she really crossed the line I feel like they should have her yeah. at that point and also the fact that she would even assume it because of jealousy knows that his dad didn't treat him yep, correctly yep, exactly. she right. knows that that's it's like why are you bragging that you're the man you married is a horrible father to yeah, his son I feel like, like if i ever <laughs> were to be with somebody who had a kid and i saw they weren't treating their kid right that would be like a huge turn off right. also the only reason that she thinks because of jealousy is because she was jealous of the fact that he was still being a good father to his son like i don't know like she that's what i feel like that came from because she was an awful I'm like don't and also I feel like it's also a part of her guilt of treating Changyang bad so she's like oh I treated him awful so he must have got back at me for ki- by killing my child um <laughs> and it's like sis you don't matter that much <laughs> you're like you're a secondary character in his life <laughs> secondary and then this is the episode where we get the milk scene now the milk scene is Changyang is in his bed with his headphones on um he's you know reading his mom comes in like she always does with a warm glass of milk and tells him to drink it he says i'm gonna have it later and she says have it now and they kind of have this battle back and forth because the milk is hot and so um chayong says to her and i feel like a lot of parents with single mothers 
or not parents, children with single mothers say this, is that you can talk to me about anything, Ma, if you're having a hard time. And I think this is also after her boyfriend was breaking up with her. She was having trouble with her yep, boyfriend. It was right after that. Uh, right after that. And yeah. so she goes to wipe the milk off of Chiang's lips and he backs up from her and she like forcefully you know wipes it off of him and it's she's like so what you don't need me anymore you don't want me to be your mom you just happy because your dad da, 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 da. and it's just like that scene was so heartbreaking because it was it was frustrating and heartbreaking because you you can you can tell that mom was doing it she i feel like after the stepsister died she realized how unattentive she had been to Chaeyoung and she I guess she was trying to make up for it but he's also like going through puberty so he doesn't want her to like coddle him like a child anymore also she, also they don't really have a relationship either yeah like, and then like what Nia like they're pretty earlier, much strangers yeah and like what Nia said you say, about her um like didn't you say that the mom was like getting angry and taking it out on her kid I think that's what mm-hmm. Nia said and like that that was a part of that because I remember that scene specifically because her boyfriend had literally just dumped her because he said that he got introduced to some woman who didn't have kids and it was time for him to get married. And she, mm-hmm. like, you could tell that she, because she was upset about that situation, she took it out on Cha Young when she should not have done that. Right. Yeah. And also, can I just talk about the mom for a little bit? Yeah. His mom. Mm-hmm. Like the problem I had with her and her parenting style is that she's she she did this with her boyfriend too. Her personality is just like, I'm gonna act not available, not emotionally available. And then when I get treatment back that says, Oh, I'm not gonna deal with you anymore, then she gets mad. It's like, sis, yeah. you haven't talked to your son. You just tell him to do your his homework and leave, or you tell him what to do. And then you go do what you do. How can you be angry at him when he's cold to you? Y'all don't like. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing happened with her boyfriend. Like he was pushing. He wanted to meet Young. He wanted to go to the park or the circus. And then she turned him down several times. Said no, I'm not going to do it. But then when he leaves, she's like having a breakdown. It's like, why? What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, this is just emotional constipation. Too much emotional yeah. misunderstanding. Right. I can't remember what episode was when the stepmom came to her workplace. And yeah. I I don't know. Maybe it was after this episode. But yeah. The mom Chiang's mom is not they they the drama is a good job of showing you, even though these people care for these children, their way of caring for these children is not always right. And yeah. so I feel like that kind of um plays more into the title, like the bad kids. Like these kids are seen as bad, but we're not like really seeing what's like Who's raising them? What environment are they in? Why are they considered bad kids? Um, and all that stuff. And so the murderer, huh, when the wife, the mur- the wife of our um resident serial killer, uh, decides that she's gonna leave, she's packing up her stuff, and he says to her, "No one in the world will treat you better than I do." I was like, "Run, sis, run!" <laughs> I was like. It was it was because we know he's a murderer. Those lines are even more creepy. But she was she was she just was ready to be out of this relationship. She had been ready to be out of this relationship before this drama started, and it was very obvious. And then we get these scenes of the kids practicing, like demanding the money, and like I I was I I like I was tearing up because they're like 
give me the money or what else. And then Poo-Poo's like, oh, your voice is not de- demanding enough. Young Lung should do it. And I'm just like, y'all are kids. Y'all are kids. <laughs> y'all are kids. And then, like, them not realizing that blackmail is a crime. And, like, Young Lung calling the policeman, you know, he's like, is blackmail a crime? How long could I get in jail for blackmail? And I'm like, yeah, blackmail is a crime, my good sir. <laughs> and then Chao Young is still going to class. Going into class. Knowing that this man is a murderer. I'm just like... <laughs> This is only the blissfulness of adolescence can give you. Because how are you still going to class knowing that the man up front has killed people? No, for <laughs> real. Like, <laughs> I was just as confused. This man was looking, was in his class in the back, knowing, having video footage of him having pushed off somebody. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think and they the were whole just- time when I was watching this drama, I kept thinking, like, if I was their age, I would not have been able to do most of that stuff. Like, hide all these right. secrets yeah. they have, these huge secrets, like murder, I would not have been able to keep that to myself. Yeah, but, yeah. but I guess- these kids are really good liars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are real well, good liars. Let me tell you, they're good liars. The scene where after they, they um, the scene where Chaeyoung's dad goes to take him out to um ice cream and they're sitting here they're reminiscing and then dad goes to the bathroom and Chaeyoung wants to give him the goggles back because he doesn't want to take them because he didn't want to seem like he's just going to his dad for money and he finds the recorder in his bag and then my boy Chaeyoung proceeds to guilt trip this man knowing that he's being recorded I was like if Chaeyoung grew up in a different house under different circumstances, this man would do- definitely have grown up to be a sociopath. He was lying too well. He was like, yeah, I, I want to be first because I know I'm not good enough. And I was like, bitch. <laughs> this, that was that scene was low-key scary to me because I was just like, why is he so good at that? Why are you like, like without a beat, he was just like, I know exactly what to do to make my dad feel sorry for me and not suspect me of being involved with my stepsister's murder it was crazy that scene was crazy to me and then they do another scene after this it's where they go home and he's eating the ice cream and he kind of like they give this kind of like really big like revert back to childhood scene where he asked him dad can we go swimming and i was like this is too much this is just too much there's like so many layers to the story and then we get the scene of the murderer walking his wife out you know helping her pack up in his car yeah pack up in a car and he has a pill in his hand and she has pills in her box and so i was like oh he's gonna try to poison her and he didn't he doesn't get a chance to change the pill and then they are like finna leave and he just starts breaking down crying girl i started laughing i was like this man is crazy <laughs> that crying scene bruh he was just like huh. he just started breaking down crying i was like this is fake as fuck it is fake as fuck. Sis, I'm glad you're getting out there, but I know she's gonna end up dying. She's gonna end up dead. And um, then they do another... I feel like episode six was a really good episode because they do another scene that reminds us that these people, these main characters are kids when they are just sitting on the boat looking at the stars and it like goes into this fairy tale dreamscape. And I was like, wow, yeah, kids are supposed to be just sitting here imagining about the impossible. Yeah. And then the next scene, it cuts to a dead body. I was like... What am I supposed to be feeling while I'm watching this show? <laughs> <laughs> like, am I supposed to be feeling? Um, what's his wife, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yes. did he kill her? 
I don't know. They don't ever tell us. Oh, I think, no, I think he, okay. So I think he's giving her pills. He switches out her pills with another type of pill mm-hmm. that messes with your blood pressure, I think. Yeah, okay. I think and since she swims a lot. Take the pill because that's what, I think the oh, one he that did. was in his hand was the one that was switched out. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So it looks the same, but it like messes with your blood pressure if you're in certain, I think that's what they yeah, said. But then, the so she swims and she may have died while swimming. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I have one bullet point for episode seven. It just says, no. I have no idea what happened to this episode. I can't remember. <laughs> it just says, no. <laughs> but yeah. So um, I think they go back to this man's house again after his wife dies. Or they go to his house for the first time. And they're trying to like make deals and get the money or whatever. And then... Oh, then we get to episode eight and we get introduced. Um, a lot of things have happened. Um, Chaeyoung's dad is now like taking him swimming often. Um, his mom, I think this might've been the episode where the mom had gone to Chaeyoung's mom. The stepmom had gone to Chaeyoung's mom's workplace, got on the fucking intercom and uh, she got on the intercom and was just like, um, Chaeyoung's um, uh, Chaeyoung killed my daughter. They won't admit it, and she won't tell me where she was Saturday. And da 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 this and da 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 that, and they're screaming and yelling at each other. And Chaeyoung Mama go into the announcement room, grabs the microphone. She's like, "You want me to tell you where I was?" She's crying. My heart was breaking for her. She's like, "You want to tell me where I was? I was with at a hotel with our director of this plant. How about that, bitch?" And I and then Chaeyoung because the kids are at that mountain. Because they wanted to go look for... They were burning um, papers, uh, money. They were burning um, money for... Not real money, but it's like yellow papers of money that you burn for people who died so they could use it in the afterlife. And they were burning it for the the old people that had died uh, because Poopoo couldn't sleep because she kept seeing them in her dreams. And so this announcement starts and Chaoyoung goes to run to find his mom and then he hears his mom say that she was sleeping with the director at a hotel that Saturday. And this this is kind of where we kind of like, okay, so is the stepmom going to drop it now? Because now we know that, you know, she wasn't there. Because she was saying at first that Chaeyoung's mom had instigated her son into killing her daughter. And I'm like, baby, they really don't care about you that much. They, re- <laughs> <laughs> they really don't care about you that much. And so then... um this is where I made the point that the fact that none of the adults try to talk to their kids rationally and the only one who kind of treats them with respect is the killer. Um, And then her gangster brother shows up and she kind of instigates and tells him that she thinks that Chaeyoung killed her niece with no evidence. None. She has no solid evidence besides Chaeyoung being at the same place as her daughter. Y'all live in the same town. This is where everybody goes to get supplemental episodes. There was a shit ton of kids there. And yet, she has no evidence. So she tells her gangster-ass brother, like, you knew this man was about that life when he got off the boat and then changed out his SIM card. I was like, <laughs> oh, you trying to be untraceable. You trying to be, like, unfound. And this man, like, literally gives no fucks. He goes to the pool where Chaeyoung and his dad are swimming and damn near drowns him. Like, in broad daylight. In front of everybody. Broad daylight. I was like, holy fucking shit. 
<laughs> holy fucking shit like broad day like he was literally holding his head underwater and so that was the first attempted murder or the second first whatever it was and so the dad comes back he punches him in his face he's like don't you do this shit again and i'm like you ain't scaring him this man don't get this man tried to kill your son in broad daylight he don't give a fuck exactly. <laughs> he don't give a fuck your little screaming ain't gonna do shit and so um we learned that dad owns a fishery or whatever right he owns a fishery and she and the child um, the stepmom tells her um brother that you should go stay at the fishery he's like i need to borrow your car she gives him the car keys and the keys to the fishery and what does this man go do this man goes and kidnaps chayang kidnaps him i was like what excuse me now not only is chayang getting kidnapped the killer had was setting up plans to burn down the ship that poopoo and um Yangling were staying in because they don't have any place to stay and I was just sitting here like this is so much shit is happening and so then they throw another wrench in this story the day that the killer had decided that he was going to blow up the ship <laughs> and the day um, that town gets kidnapped the killer sees what's happening at first he walks away because he was going to kill these kids anyway right he gets in his car but he looks distraught like he looks distraught he's like should i go back should i help him and then we see chayang getting thrown into this car by the step um the stepmom's brother and then poopoo and then poopoo he pulls up the poopoo he's like get in the car and i was like poopoo don't you get in this damn car like, don't, don't you get in this damn car what does she do gets in the damn car i thought <laughs> she was going to die i really thought he was like oh my yeah. god <laughs> I thought she was going to die. I definitely thought she was going to die. But here's the thing. Not only was this happening. Oh, I just remembered another plot point and it just erased from my head. But before this, um, they had brought Yangling to see his father. You know, the policeman had decided that he was going to adopt him because um, Yangling was like, who the fuck are you to tell me what to do? Like, why are you telling me that I should go back to this orphanage? It's like, who are you to me? And the policeman was like, all right, I'm going to be your um, guardian. So he goes and basically fills those papers out without asking Yang Lin his opinion. Again, invalidating all of the feelings of these children. But he shows up in the next episode to help Yang Lin. Because what happens is that Chaoyoung and Poo run away. Because Yang Lin, well, well Chaoyoung was about to get strangled on the sand, right? The serial killer saw that he walks away. And then Poo and Yang Ling show up. And so the three kids are going, we're going to fight this man. And this man is like, I will kill all three of you kids. He really don't give two shits, y'all. This man, just, this man was like, I can go back to jail. I don't care. And um, so Yang Ling basically tells Poo and Chao Yang to run and go get help or whatever. Just run away. And so then the policeman shows up because he sees Yang Ling in trouble and uh he basically gets stabbed in the gut with a broken bottle by uh the stepmother's brother and then the stepmother's brother goes and kidnaps chaoyang and takes him to the fishery and then poopoo gets in the car with the murderer and they go follow him so now the kids are the three the kids are in different places two of them are at the fishery with the murderer and the stepmother's brother and Yangling is at the hospital with his new guardian because he almost died trying to save him so then we get to the fishery. This man has got Chaoyoung cuff under 
cold running water trying to get him to admit that he killed his um niece and so while this is happening um the uh the killer the murderer teacher john um says i'll help y'all but you have to tell me the truth so poopoo does what she ends up telling him the truth and i'm just sitting here like this is really really weird but really really interesting um but so the murderer basically saves chang young from dying but i also thought this was really interesting another dichotomy i like using that word today <laughs> another dichotomy between the two bad guys it's like we have the murderer and then we have the stepmother's brother and the stepmother's brother obviously doesn't give a fuck he'll kill kids he'll kill adults who don't give two shits but it's very obviously that teacher zhang was the kind of murderer who only kills people that's weaker than him so when he had to fight up against a man that was as strong as he was he was a little bitch he was he was definitely about to lose this fight but he ended up winning stabbed him in the gut dragged him back into the freezer put him in a thing of fish and basically left i don't know how i don't remember oh um even more so, they had while he was trying to get Chaeyoung to admit that he had murdered his niece, he called Chaeyoung's daddy and told him where they were. So they went and go get him with the stepmama, who is just like calling him. I'd be like, he's not answering the phone. He's not answering the phone. Like she's like on the verge of tears. I was like, bitch, did you not think that this was gonna happen? Like she was like real like panicking. Like I didn't think he was gonna like do this shit. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you not know who your brother is like that that tripped me off but after um chayon gets saved by his um dad uh and now the kids have nowhere to go and where do they end up going to the murderer's house that uh, me for a loop i was like <laughs> what is this storyline becoming right now they really? that the ending y'all when they started bonding i was like um what yeah, is I was happening getting, at that point i was just extremely confused about where this story was going i think these last three episodes kind of really had no big plot point i feel like they knew where they were going but they didn't know how to get there yeah and so it got really confusing but <laughs> but the kids poo poo and um Poo and Youngling decide they're gonna go stay couch surf at this murderer's house. A man that they know who's a murderer, but because he helped them once, maybe he's not as dangerous as we thought they are. And this is the other thing that's like, okay, these are definitely kids. Because if we were adults, I would never set foot in this man's house. And they've been to this man's house like three times. And now they're sleeping there overnight. It's 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 crazy. But then episode 10 starts off with that little um, analogy about the three chickens who go to the wolf house. And they're like, we shouldn't go to the wolf house. We shouldn't trust him. It's okay. I think he's a good person. And the, the three chickens go to the house and they get eaten. So I was like, when they cleared up that this man is still a bad guy with that little analogy, I was like, okay, 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 okay. Because I was like, y- y'all are not really trying to make me feel empathy for a murderer, are you? <laughs> this man has killed at least three people. Four. <laughs> by this point four and the body count is continually rising now then we have a scene that drove me up a wall i feel like it drove everybody up a wall it's the scene well we've 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 rescued chaeyoung right we've rescued him we take him to the hospital and his dad 
tells him before the police come here, you know, your stepmom only has one brother. And I think it'd be good if we didn't, you know, rat him out to the police, not knowing that he's dead. But like the fact like this, this scene couldn't explain more why Chaoyang is in the situation that he's in. Your father, who is supposed to love you, is asking you not to turn in the man who almost tried to kill you. That was heartbreaking. And the only reason Chaeyoung said yes, because he didn't want to also have to admit that he... The blackmail situation. The blackmail and that he was on the fifth floor with his little sister when she fell off the window. So that was awful. I was like, how could you as a parent how do you just ask your child to do that his mom was so upset i was like yeah ma i get it you're upset i'm with you i'm mad too because because even child asked him he's like aren't i supposed to be a good child aren't i only supposed to tell the truth and be honest his dad looked embarrassed embarrassed and so um the again we have all this yelling and projecting and um oh the scene where his mom was so mad at him she's yelling at him she's like why would you do that just because your dad your dad doesn't love you if he loved us um he wouldn't have got a divorce and then chayon looks at his mama and goes you're the one who pushed dad for a divorce girl i got chills the child who plays chayon is a great actor he's such a good actor he's like you're the one he was like you're the one who pushed for divorce you're the one he's like i remember everything and she looks at him and she's like your dad was cheating you don't understand he's like but i know that you're the one who pushed for divorce so how can you spin the story now that i'm 14 and tell me that dad was the one that wanted a divorce it's like it's this very like intense scene that i really loved um and also that scene showed like it shows like how all the adults in these kids lives are constantly lying around them and so it's like it's not shocking that the kids themselves start lying because like if your parents if like other people around you are just lying constantly it's like well then of course the kids aren't gonna think anything about it you know exactly okay yes but um the scene in the hospital with his mom was just it was weird but they were the whole (sighs) they were yelling they were projecting and then they had the scene of them eating mcdonald's I yeah. <laughs> I was like, why? What? <laughs> why are we suddenly um, bonding with this murderer? Like, Poo was sharing a lot of information, and then Youngling and um, Chaeyoung go to the bathroom to talk about the copy that Chaeyoung didn't make, but Youngling thinks he has. And so now the murderer is like, oh, I have to do something about this because yeah. I can't have y'all have another copy. <laughs> so um, Yang Long is basically being time and time again like captured at the wrong times by his new guardian who's like, eat, do all this stuff. And because of that, um, Pupu ends up being with by herself with this murderer at his house. When I tell you, I was scared out of my fucking mind for this child. <laughs> so basically, they have he has a cat, and the cat gets out, and Poo Poo's asthmatic, but she goes to chase after the cat, 
And so the murderer, after meeting up with Yanling, um, uh, who wouldn't give him the copy of the uh, the copy of the tape, but also he wouldn't give him the copy of the tape, but he also didn't have it. And so he tells him, if you don't give me the copy of the tape, you're never going to see Poo again. And so he gets thrown off on the side of the road. He goes home. Poo comes. He's yelling and screaming at Poo He's like, where's the side of the tape? He's like, where's the second tape? Where's the second tape? Poo has no idea because the boys did not tell her. And then, um, didn't tell her. And so then, um, she basically has an asthmatic attack and I definitely thought he calls the police like in a fit of worry and but he realizes he really can't call the police because what is this child doing in his house he doesn't have children um but we are made to believe that Poopoo is dead basically or that she's dying I thought she was dead bro I was so scared because I was like he can't have a body show up in his apartment they already low-key suspect you for being a murderer and so then we get into episode 11. I don't remember what happened. But basically the climax of the story is that um, the boys arranged to meet him uh, at the fishery. And they go to the fishery. But Chiang's dad and his stepmom also end up going to the fishery because they find it suspicious that her brother hasn't returned home. And the brother at this point is being suspected to be um, the man who had stabbed the police in the stomach. And so they end up going to the fishery. Um, He was there to meet the boys. He ends up running into the stepmom and the stepdad. I mean, the stepmom and the dad. He uh, strangles the stepmom because she just started screaming. She's dead. And then dad and Chao Young basically get wrapped, get tied up. And he's like, tell your dad what you did. Tell your dad while I'm here. The dad is confused because um, he doesn't know what the hell is going on. Um, Yanling has broken into the fishery to kind of like um, be Chao Young's backup. And he draws the murderer away. He knocks him out. Um, he Chao Young's dad gets out of his uh, bonds. He tries to help Chaeyoung, the murderer, comes back, stabs his dad in the stomach, and his dad then bleeds out in front of him and dies. And so, the murderer decides, huh, well, this shit has been fucked up. Um, so, he decides to lock them in the freezer and then burn the whole place up. Of course, my boys have the lives of nine cats. <laughs> These children were like, we're not dying today. <laughs> not today. Say, not today. But they have the lives of nine cats, and they end up getting um they end up getting out alive, of course, the murderer doesn't know that um but they end up getting out alive. We don't know if Poo's alive or not. The police are finally putting two and two together, kind of, but not all the way um police are putting two and two together they end up they decide they're gonna meet up on a boat for the last time to give him the copy back i think that's what that was to give him the last copy or the final copy or whatever and because they're still trying to find out where poo is and so they go um the murderer doesn't end up killing him but the thing is that 
before this setup had all started, Yangling had already given all of the evidence, the money, everything, told the truth to his guardian, who was a former police officer. And so he tells the murderer this. And so the murderer basically tries to instigate um, Chaeyoung into killing him, but then Yangling stops him. And then Yangling basically gets, they tussle for a weapon. Yangling falls, clinging to the side of a boat, falls down into the water. We presume he's dead, I guess. And then um, the police show up. Uh, the murderer basically is shot. Yangling is saved from the water. Chaeyoung is taken into police. And they finally tell the truth. They finally tell the truth. And I wish... This is where I feel really like... The only reason this drama didn't get a 10 out of me... Is that I kind of wanted to know the aftermath. More yeah, than I wanted to I know anything else. Too. Yeah. Because the ending, I was just like... Like, I wish they would have said... Oh, like, Chaeyoung grew up to do blah blah blah. And this right. is what happened. To, yeah, but they didn't really do that. They kind of did in a way when they explained where Poo Poo actually was. Yeah. But, yeah, but I didn't that, like that they, they just, just kind of... going back to school. Yeah, I didn't like how they made Poo seem like like they kind of wrote her out. <laughs> yeah, screen. they wrote her out at the end. She was gone. She was just gone. I think, I think they, I guess this was also like they wrote themselves into a corner because the kids always do everything together. And if they would have put yeah. Poo in that situation at the fishery, she would have had to die. There was no way she was coming out alive. I think because she, she's asthmatic. If the fire had started and she, the fumes, she would have died that. She's not strong enough to fight anybody she wasn't going to be climbing up pipe walls and shit like Yang Ling was. She would have slowed him down. So I think they wrote themselves into a corner where Poopoo's character True. was concerned. So Poopoo basically um, got to, she got to her brother. He She was a match for his surgery and she's helping him. And then something happens at the end where I don't know if I agree with it or not. I guess on the moral scale, it was correct. But basically, Poopoo wrote a letter to Chao Yang that he hadn't opened until all of this was over. And the letter basically, the letter basically said that I didn't tell Yanling that you're with me on the fifth floor, but I hope one day you can go and tell the truth. And I'm sitting here like, for what? <laughs> like, yeah. I know it's supposed to be like, let him get his guilt off his conscious thing. You know, he's a good kid in the end because he did the right thing. But I'm like, the pe- the only reason that he could tell the truth was because they killed off the dad and the stepmom. That was the only reason for the dad and stepmom to die, is that the Chayon can now tell the truth without completely feeling guilty his entire life, and giving the stepmom the satisfaction that she was right, because she was also a bad person. So, yeah, the drama ended on a lower note than I wanted it to. I would have enjoyed the drama more if we had gotten. I wonder if they would have written this drama if the kids were adults. And meeting again in the future and then going back to all of this, would it have been more interesting or less interesting? I feel like it was more interesting and got a lot of rewards because they gave us so many point of view of the children. Yeah. That's so, yeah. We don't get a lot of crime based kind of mm-hmm. shows based like mm-hmm. the point of view of children. Right. Right, right. So yeah, it's just very, very, very. I gave it a nine out of ten. I really enjoyed like the different, um, the layers of the drama provided, like the layers of the kids, but they were also adults, and then the good adults and the bad adults and the bad guys and all these different dichotomies and like really showing you 
without they did a lot of showing without telling us they were showing you why these kids can do the things that they were doing and why they were doing the things that they were doing because of the environments they grew up in instead of like telling us oh he was traumatized or his mom's a liar or his dad's like this it's like no they're showing us through like all these conversations and that the kids are the way they are because of their parents so i thought that was really interesting yeah, yeah. i gave it an eight out of ten i thought um the general tone of the show was interesting and it kept me engaged i um towards the end i kind of started losing interest not gonna lie but in general i pretty much enjoyed the entire show and when it comes to suspense i was only suspenseful in the beginning when i was not exactly Mm -hmm. sure how the storyline was gonna go but every other episode i thought the kids were gonna die but i was like it's like it it wasn't like oh oh my god they're gonna die it was their actions are gonna lead them to dying like it's that's the only way (laughs) that was the outcome but um but yeah what about you nia uh, I'm pretty much the same. I gave it an eight out of ten as well. Um, I enjoyed the first half more than I did the second half. Um, once like the lies started piling up and it turned into like sort of a soup of lies, I was like, "This is too overcomplicated. All this could yeah. be solved if people would stop walking around Why? on eggshells around each other. Like, mm-hmm. it could be solved, but it." because a lot like really when you look at the cast half of the cast died (laughs) like half of the people who were main characters died and I was like all these people died for nothing (laughs) um uh it felt like I want like at least his dad and the stepmom and the um like of course I don't think his little sister would have lived even if they went back in time um but I don't but I think the majority of the other cast who died could have lived. Mm. Yeah. But I did like it. I enjoyed it. Like it wasn't a bad show at all. I liked it. It was solid. Um, Just things that I was like, ah, this, I feel like they could have changed this. Like, you know, that kind of stuff. Nine through 12 was confusing. It's like, we had a real good, real strong start. And it was like really good plot twists. And then nine happened, which are like, the murderer is going to help them. And we're like, huh? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> so that was kind of um, odd. What about you, Corey? Uh, yeah, same things they said. It was a pretty good show. Yeah. I definitely recommend it if you're looking for something short and sweet that kind of gives you a different um, type of crime drama. Um, I definitely enjoyed it. I'm actually interested to see what other series are in the Light On series because people have said really good things about them. Um, there's another one called The Long Night. I think they're all kind of crime. They're like all 12 episodes, so maybe we'll do another one later on this year and see what the deal is. Yes. Oh, nothing. I was just saying, like, when I was researching the show, I did also hear that, like. I guess whatever, what is this, an online drama? Like, it's not aired on TV in, on China, right? No, yeah. IQIY yeah. is a, um online site. Yeah, that they're starting to, like, change the way Chinese, like, dramas are done. Or, like, this is just really different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of Chinese dramas, most of them, even if they're crime, are, like, 20, 30, 40 episodes. They can get really long and draggy. Luhan is in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, I think the next thing we're gonna do is um our monthly music podcast. 
yeah. we're gonna take Nia's recommendation and we're gonna be listening to Jodeci. So I'm interested about that. I feel like I know who Jodeci are. I probably know their songs, but I know none of the titles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Growing up as a black kid, you know, in the 90s, that's kind of how most things go. But yeah, so um, look out for that. If you didn't listen to our last episode on Stars or the episode about that where we just kind of wrapped up 2020, go ahead and listen to that. We appreciate you guys if you can review, you know, recommend us to your friends, share us on your social media. We uh, really do appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm Tori. I'm Erin. I'm Nia. And I'm Decoria. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.